The podcast, Appetite for Distortion. It is Brando episode 199. This is a good one. And our six degrees of GNR Bacon brings us today to Michael Jackson. If you are any sort of GNR fan, you understand the direct connection there. Of course, Slash performing uh, many times live with, with Michael. Uh, recorded track given to me. And the... According to Doug, Doug Goldstein, he said it on this show. Former GNR manager Doug Goldstein believes that was um, attributed to the downfall of Guns N' Roses, that version of the lineup. With the allegations about Michael, uh, allegedly Axel did not like that because of what he uh, suffered as a child. And sure, while these conversations are very important to to have, these serious parts of these uh, these stories are I mean, have been talked to death. So today we're going to try to focus on the, the positive side of all of this. Uh, so first on the show, coming up just just momentarily, former Michael Jackson manager, Dieter Weisner. Dieter Weisner. Uh, he has a brand new book out, Michael Jackson, The Real Story, an interactive look into Michael Jackson's visionary business and human side. So we'll talk to him about the book, of course, and see if he has any insight on the relationship between Michael and slash, and then after that, we're gonna have a nice long conversation with our old buddy, Russ TCB, who probably is as a big a uh, Michael Jackson fan as he is a Guns N' Roses fan. And I gotta say, Russ TB, formerly of mygnrforum.com, gotta get to the bottom of that as well. So this should be a fun episode. But first. We got to get Dieter Weisner on the line, former manager of Michael Jackson. New book out, Michael Jackson, The Real Story. Hi, Dieter. How are you? Fine. How are you doing, Brendan? I'm well. And let me first say thank you for putting this book out because as a a lifelong Michael Jackson fan, you know, I, I still want to hold on to all the positive feelings his music gave me, his the message of his music gave me, and it's become harder today with all the the uh, the slander out there, and uh, for you to come out for, with somebody who who is so close to him, for you to come out with a very positive book and an important book. Just thank you for writing it. Thank you, thank you. So, what can we expect from this new book? What are we going to learn about Michael that we haven't yet? I think, and and this was the reason I made this book. Everybody knows Michael like this superstar and like this great uh, musician, but there was so much more. Um, and I took everything together when he called me, all these voice messages and things, because he did want to, in the second part of his life, he did want to do completely different things. He would never go away from the music, but he did want to buy Marvel, this Marvel catalog, this comics. He was so into it, and there was something he loved. Uh, he We, we brought him uh, other company, uh, Cinegroup, and... Uh, was also animation uh, company, and he started to work on Pinocchio. So, and and he could see when we was in Montreal, he was looking the young people over their shoulder when they worked on all this animation stuff. In that time, you don't have a, a smartphone and all these things. So he was so excited about it, and I think it was the right step. He did want to buy the catalog, and on the one side he had this uh, Beatles catalog, and the other side he would have his Marvel catalog. He would be the richest man in the world right now if he would have done it. And I think there's so many different things uh, to tell. He painted, and I have 120 paintings from Michael Jackson for an exhibition we, we did put together. So there's so many things people don't know. And that's why uh, I made this book. When did you first meet Michael? When did you exactly manage him? I was 93. We started... Uh, with a regular deal with a business um, called Mystery Drink. It was a merchandising uh, project. And 
uh, we, we did put it together. He was so excited to get it. And then there were some problems and I had to go to him and told him, Michael, we're going to lose our money and everything. We, we have a problem with the organization. And he came and it was a, a complicated situation for me because I'm coming to this big mega star and had to uh, say your people, uh, there's something wrong. But he was sitting with me and we were sitting three hours then. I could tell him everything and he told me, Dieter, I, w I know exactly what's going on behind the scene and I would like that you come with me on the history tour. And it was not easy for me to decide to go, but if a mega star like Michael Jackson asked you to come with him on tour, so I did it. And uh, step by step, he was a very shy person, very uh, careful, but in these two years, we came very close. And there was the start to to work with him. I went 2098 uh, on the Neverland Ranch, and then he told me exactly what he wants. He, he told me his plans, and he told me, Dieter, would you, would you be willing to work with me? Of course, I, I, I would like to do it, and that's what a start. So, and I, I had to stop uh, 2004 for a while because there was all this disaster was coming uh, against him. And uh, yeah, I was with him until he died, uh, but only on the phone. And sometimes we had a meeting, but there was nothing to do anymore. Michael was not Michael uh, himself anymore. Was, the problem was so big and he was so shocked about what's going on uh, against him. It was a very hard time. I'm just, uh, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry that I hear that. It's just very, very, very sad. Um, and all these years later, I, um, let me just say I'm sorry for the loss of your friend. And I know your time is valuable and you have more interviews to get to. But while I got you here, let me ask if you could provide some insight into Michael Jackson's relationship with, with Slash from Guns N' Roses. Of course, they've performed together, recorded together, and there are... Rumors that may have broken up Guns N' Roses. Um, maybe Axel did not like that particular relationship. Do you know anything about that? Um, I never heard from him himself that there was a problem. He was very, as I say, he was very careful. There were some discussions, but I never heard from himself that there was a problem. Did you really interact with, with Slash and all? I know you're primarily working with Michael, but did you ever get to see him in play? I, I think, yeah, we saw each other, but uh, only a, a short time. Fair enough. It's just a, a weird and, and interesting thing if that's what, what happened. But uh, regardless, um, Slash and Axel are back together again, so I guess it doesn't matter anymore. Uh, I want to ask you before we get out of here, what should we take away from your book? And what's cool is that it has a lot of features. Like we actually get to hear Michael. You play some voice messages he left for you. So what do we get to experience as the reader, as the listener? I think uh, the voice messages, they're talking for himself because, and that's why I did it. When I tell a story, that is the one thing. But Michael is telling the story. When he was so excited uh, to get Marvel, when he told me, Dita, you need to do it now, and we need this, and we need this, he was so into it, Spider-Man. Incredible hawk coming, he told me, and all this. I had to sit with him in the studio on the ranch in, the, in his movie theater and watch all these movies. And so this was his real big plan to show the world that he can do other things. And, and, and he saw this big success. In that time, Marvel was down on the floor, and, uh, but he knew this will be uh, unbelievable unbelievable deal, uh, deal. and uh, when we talked about he could explain any single detail about this Marvel characters and, and all these things so Stan Lee told him Michael when you take over this company I will come back and we work together and I create new characters and all this that's why I think the fans don't know this the fans have no idea okay he was this mega star on stage but there were so many other things, and Michael painted. I have 120 paintings, and we're working right now that we can make a big exhibition with his paintings he made. So nobody knows this. And I think it's very important for the fans and will be a very new 
uh, situation. Well, I'm looking forward to it all. The book, the exhibition, when things finally settle down here on planet Earth. Thank you, Dieter. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So I can't believe it's taken 199 episodes to do a, a Michael Jackson theme of a Guns N' Roses themed podcast, uh, considering he's been brought up many times, of course, with his, mm. his work with, with Slash and with one of our uh, one of my favorite guests to have on the show who is with us now for this portion of the episode, Russ TCB. Uh, before we get into anything else, because we're going to get into a lot, just... For sure. Welcome, man. It's uh, it's good yeah. to see you. And this is going to be an audio podcast, but I'm I'm looking at you right now, and you have a professional setup. So, how you doing, man? How it's good. been a while. Doing doing well, yeah. And I'm I'm glad to come back on. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm it's I was surprised when you reached out and you were like, you know, hey, do you want? To, well, I think what you said was, do you want to talk about MJ and GNR? And I replied always. <laughs> you know? And exactly. then it hit me shortly after that. I thought he hasn't done an episode, you know, specific to Michael and I. We'll get into it, but I think Slash did some fine, fine work with Michael Jackson. So it's it's something that GNR fans should be interested in. I, I'm, I'm the same way. Um, I grew up. I, I, everyone grew up with Michael Jackson's music. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, anyone who uh, who's not like five years old presently, yeah. you know what I mean. But yeah. I remember being into Michael Jackson before I was into Guns N' Roses. You know, it, it's what got me. I feel like he was my first favorite rock star. He got me into rock. Not just pop, but into rock because of how somehow hard of his pop songs were, like sure. Bad, like Black or White. Like it's, I had Dangerous on cassette before I had Appetite on CD. Uh, but it's it's great that the world's mix. And when you've come on, because I don't really, it's weird now talking about Michael Jackson. Unfortunately, I think uh, I know this. You know, I will give a, I don't want to call it a disclaimer, but just, I, I just want to make it apparent that, yeah, uh, there are allegations present. There are allegations back in the nineties. I mean, this is just not the time or place for that. I think, I right. don't think either of us as knowledgeable as especially Russ is about, uh, Michael Jackson, uh, as cause we'll, we'll get to it. Cause he has a Michael Jackson poster right behind him. The, uh, this, sure do. Yeah, this, the, this is it uh, movie poster, which is pretty cool. <laughs> Uh, it's, I just don't want to go down that road. You know, sure. it's, it's I, I, I mean, if ju- just in the interest of full disclosure, and I'm not here to tr- even remotely try and change anybody's mind. I personally believe Michael Jackson is hundred percent innocent. Um, I have ever since I started doing research on the subject. I'm not, I did grow up on the guy, but I'm not just a blind follower. Um, I will try and keep this short, but in, when the first allegations came about, I was the very first person to go, Oh no, you know, like, Oh, you gotta be kidding me. Um, but again, I'm not trying to change anybody's mind. I've done my own research and that's, that's why I continue to talk about him to me. And I just want to justify this real quick. There's not a song on the earth that's good enough for me to forgive someone of such a heinous act. So I am not, I don't push on as a Michael Jackson fan to go, Oh, but his songs were really good. You know, like that doesn't mean anything to me. I push on as a Michael Jackson fan because of through the research that I've done, I do believe that he's innocent. So I just want to say that. And I, again, I'm not trying to say anybody else is sure. and if right, it, wrong or indifferent. People could follow you because you're, you're pretty vocal about it on Twitter. Oh yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You, I know you, you tweeted some of his family members at times. So if, you know, yeah, you, that yeah. conversation could be, could be had there, but this is like strictly about the music. Yeah. So yeah. for the, the music, uh, it, it's, it, it's, it has, it still has such an impact on me and I want to dedicate an episode to that music, a cop, of course, with the GNR twist. And I was surprised and we'll sure. get to this as well. Cause I want to catch up with you, uh, about just Russ TCB first. Uh, sure. I, I was surprised that on, I put it out there on social media. Do you wish slash made more music with Michael Jackson? And overwhelmingly people said no. I right. know it's which not- is weird. I, the only, I think, and again, it's, you got to kind of try and skirt this, but I think it, it must come back to the allegations. That's the only thing that yeah. I can think because I'm here to tell you, if it's okay. If that's the I, case for, I, I don't care what GNR fan disagrees with me on this. Uh, it, it's not my opinion. It's a matter of good taste. I'm here to tell you slash a solo on given to me alone is as good or better than anything he's ever laid down in the studio with GNR. So if you now, again, if someone 
is offended by Michael Jackson or has a different opinion about his um, what he was accused of, then I get then by all means it doesn't matter sure, how good Slash right. Solo is, right? But if you're indifferent to that or if you think Michael Jackson's innocent, I don't see why you wouldn't listen to that because I think that solo is magnificent on given to me. I think it's one of the best things Slash has ever done. It's great. It really is. And when they performed live, there's this obvious chemistry between sure. them. So this is just strictly about the music. And I'm a huge Michael Jackson music fan and obviously a huge Guns N' Roses fan. So it's it's cool to have you uh, to talk about that more at length. But before that, you know what's uh, go ahead, one, real go ahead. quick, j- yeah, just yeah. one thing I want to mention, because I'm a little older than you. Now, when I came up, the first big guitar player that Michael played with was Eddie, right? On Beat It. Sure. And I had I heard beat it before I had really even heard Van Halen heard a lot of Van Halen material. So, um, uh, beat it came out in 82 and then jump came out in 84 and jump or the 1984 record is really where I jumped off and was like dove head first into Van Halen. Okay. But Michael only performed with Eddie. I want to say once, in Dallas, I think only the one time that Eddie actually performed live with Michael. Whereas when we got into the Slash era, Slash performed with him tons oh, of times, right. which is great to see. Right. You know? I'm waiting for a response back from friend of the show and Van Halen uh, rising author Greg Renoff because I want to find out why Eddie only did it once. Why wasn't he at the big 30th anniversary um, special? Yeah. What was it? Year 2000, 2001, whatever I it was. Know the re- I know the reason why it occurred when it did the one time was because the Jacksons were on the victory tour and uh, Van Halen was touring and their paths crossed in Dallas. So they were in the same Ouch. city within a couple of days. But I, the only other thing I can think is um, that, you know, Michael didn't have a record come out after Thriller until Bad, which was in the eighties is an eternity, which came out five years later and Van Halen in the meantime would have put out diver down 84, 5150. And I think OU812 came out before bad, if not right after. So Van Halen was probably busy touring while Michael was all over. Figure something out, you know, slash was everywhere, but it's like that South park episode slashes. He's not real. How could he be in (laughs) multiple places at the same time? And there's the key, right? It slashes and real. So there you go. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So uh, I love how we're getting into it uh, more, but I want to talk more about, you know, the, the songs and performances. But uh, as we say, Russ TCB, for those who who I, I'm surprised many of you have listened to all the episodes, almost 200. But for those who don't know, uh, Russ TCB taking care of business. He was a former moderator or admin. I, I don't know the, the correct uh, terminology there of my And he was a pretty vocal over there and, and uh, really help. I, I appreciate all the help you've given my podcast, you know, always taking part in conversations when I post an interview in there and, and sometimes pinning it to the top to let people know there's a new AP yeah. show out. So I appreciate There was a couple of times it got hairy there. I was like, how am I pinning three topics in one week? This dude's a machine, oh, you know, and I'm joking. <laughs> I'm not, it's no skin off my back, but I literally would be like, holy cow, this guy pumps out so many episodes, you know, uh, when those happen, it's not on purpose. And, and, I would. I never expected you to. I'd be like, "Hey, pin this up." You were just sure. a fan of the show, which I, I appreciated. So obviously, I appreciate the more eyes that see it. But well, those, those one, thing, time, yeah. one of the reasons why I would help. Well, number one, I, regardless of what you may <laughs> hear elsewhere, I am a, a good-hearted person who's always just tried to to be positive in the GNR community, and 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 you know, at the risk of being negative, that ain't always easy. And there isn't the band just doesn't give us enough to talk about. So <laughs> there were year there were years there where you know to at least two years in a row where we had nothing to discuss. So at least you've got this podcast out, and it would be like, hey, let me pin this and see if people want to, you know, talk sure. about this instead of talking about, you know, for the four hundredth time why there isn't a record this year or it wasn't <laughs> last year or you know what I mean. And, and and that's not a disrespect to the community. The community can't help the situation they're in. No, of course not. And. uh and yeah, I laughed to myself. I, I want to credit the the listener who said this, but I just can't remember. Uh, but it was like Guns N' Roses gives us a children's book, but uh, Brando gives us a new Matt Sorum interview. So it's like, oh yeah, uh, my favorite thing that was said that was adjacent to that, and I wish I could remember the user's name because I kid you not, I laughed for five minutes when the the day the book came out. Somebody said. Um, 
or the day the news about the children's book came out, they said they should title it the little engine that could, but decided not to for 20 years. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. Like, oh, God. Wait, I have, well, a, I have well a sound bite. Oh, that's the wrong one. Nope. There we go. We both have soundcasters. Here, I, here, I got my own if you're going to uh, screw up on your sound bites. Okay, never mind. Thank there you go. Oh, that made me feel better. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, for those, because I've been doing these, uh, this relates to everything. Like the three episodes, I didn't expect that because sometimes they just they just roll in. So that sure. just had that ha- that happened in quarantine. So where I really don't have a setup. So now yeah. I have, now I have a setup. Some uh, you know of which I, I spent money on. Some of which is is on loan to me through work and my real radio job. So I've yet to set up all my crazy sound bites that we yeah. normally have. Uh, Russ, I have the I'm sorry for Russ soundbite that I normally have. <laughs> you, you remember that when you had to I give do. like an apology. So yeah, all my experiences with you have been nothing but pleasant, and not just on the forum, but on the on these podcasts, which has been great. So you know, I was kind of bummed out to hear that you're you're leaving the forum. So whatever you want, because people have asked. So whatever you want to sure. talk about on that situation, well, make, the floor is yours. I want to make a couple of things clear. I'm not leaving the forum altogether. My GNR is really the only place that I, and for a long time, have interacted with and about GNR. I, I, for my own reasons, I don't follow the band or any of their members on social media. Um, I don't visit any other GNR forums. By the way, I've never had an alt account everywhere on the internet that I'm found is Russ TCB. Like I, I just, you know, always use that same name. So I'm not leaving the, my GNR forum altogether. I plan to be very active in the, in the movies and other bands sections and whatnot. And I will return to the actual GNR section to participate if and when GNR gives us something to talk about. Like I've been a part of running GNR forms for 18 years and that's a very long time. And there's, you know, that's insane. You, you run out of energy eventually. I said you to, but I'm just going to piggyback on that point. I've said to both you and Downsy, the first time I had you both on, I don't have the energy. So for you yeah. both to do it for that long, it's this podcast is energy, but it's just something else to sit down in front of the computer and just regulate people's emotions and all that. I don't, and aside from all the band stuff, it's, it's very right. taxing. So, and what uh, the bummer about that is I truly believe that the GNR fan base and I'm not speaking in a blanket statement, but there is a good cross section of the GNR fan base that unfortunately is toxic. And I truly believe we never would have gotten to that point if the band had ever given us anything to be positive about or to be, to look forward to, you know, anything more than soon, or we can't tell you why that's not happening or, Oh, there was something planned or, you know, and they're the only band on planet earth that this happens to every other band on earth can give us dates, can follow through on it and so on. And I believe that the community now is a direct result of when something festers for so long, it's going to end up that way. I see people constantly on my GNR that say, man, I wish I had something to be positive about, or they'll quote themselves from a year ago and go, you know, look at how I used to feel about things and look how I feel now. And I feel bad for those people, you know, like I truly do. People want to be positive about something. I know. And this is going to sound so insane coming from somebody who does a GNR centric podcast, but it's just, it's not that serious. Like, yeah, yeah. I want new guns and roses music. Yeah. I want them to tour. Uh, you know, there's something it's, there are things to be, to have been upset about over the years. You know, I, I really was um, upset about Axel's letter to uh, the hall of fame. Cause at that time that was just a nail in the coffin to me ever thinking I'd see Slash and Axel on the stage together again, which happened. So, I mean, there have been things to, you know, uh, to really be upset about and also doing this podcast, sometimes getting interviews or my my interviews getting out there and stories and headlines, it has made it difficult. It's made it stressful uh, for me because the GNR world is... I don't know. I, it's it, a, coo- a kooky place. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I, I couldn't think it's the best way to put it. But you, you have it's, like non-disclosure agreements with people who are just, you know, extras on a record, you know, and, yeah. and, I, and I can't, 
I can't talk about it for my silly little podcast for what, you know, like what let's, but I, again, that's not the hill I'm going to die on and be depressed about, but right. You know, uh, I get it. People need a release now, uh, especially this is what's been interesting because I wanted to create a show. Not, not that just about guns and roses, but it's where everybody in the world can connect through Guns N' Roses, but now we're all right. connecting through the fucking COVID. We're all connecting through yeah. fucking violence all across the world. So, so people are looking for things to escape, you know, the harsh realities. And I appreciate right. those of uh, people who reach out and say, I've been loving your podcast in quarantine. It's keeping me sane. It's, well, doing this podcast, keeping me sane also. Exactly. So I get yep. it. So it's like the last time I really got upset with GNR was, like, when is the next time we're getting videos from them? We got three, like, we got, what, 13 minutes, three songs? Yeah. And I have to... I, I, I so don't have anything nice I to get say upset about the quality too. of it, so... So, right, I get upset, too. And as I try... But if you go on a forum uh, and other people are echoing what your frustration, then you're just going to go down the spiral. And right. for you to monitor all that is very difficult. So I understand you stepping away from that that yeah. part of it, but you're good at what you you do, um, I'm, I, I don't speak for Downsy, but I'm sure, he, you know, his, he's probably even more stressed out because his job is so hard. And I, he said <laughs> on the air before with, with both of us here that, uh, yeah, he could, it's, he relies and thanks you, uh, so much. So I know there are listeners out there and GNR fans out there that do, I don't get the hate. I really don't even though, uh, like, uh, 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 to compare, I, I like Rick Dunsford, but for those people who are upset at him, like, I may not agree with it, but I can kind of like maybe understand it in the world, whatever. But I don't even get like, what do you do that upsets people? Yeah. I don't, I, am I, um, am I blind? That's what, I don't get it. I really well, don't get it. And of course I'm going to have my own perspective on this, but at least from what I can tell the folks who, who, who profess to have a big problem with me, um, from what I can tell, just have views that are not okay as far as race relations and, uh, even as far as sexism goes and whatnot, and, it, and we're told repeatedly that they wouldn't be able to express those opinions on the MyGNR forum. And, you know, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if the Axl Rose of 1987 to 1991 is like, is their hero, you know, like the, the Axl who hasn't grown as a person maybe. And so they think, well, you know, Axel said, turn around, I got a use for you. So that's how I'm going to view huh. or Axel said this on one in a million. I, and I don't know. I'm not, I'm, that's armchair psychology at the absolute best sure. on my part. Sure. I, but I, you know, I have put thought into that. Like just, if anyone's listening, like the, if you ever read anything bad about me, this is, this is how good of a person I ch attempt to be. I've actually put in the thought to the psychology behind these people who have an issue with me Same. to try and yeah. see if I can meet them in the middle. And it did, at one point it just became clear that there was not going to be a meeting in the middle. So, you know, well, it's, it's, it's a shame. And I, I, I know about the off air uh, stress that can happen off air, so to speak. So, but you're, you're always welcome here. Uh, I, right <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, what am I going to get stressed out about? I mean, I, I, I let it. I'm on. Two, I'm on medication. I got. You know. I'm now. I'm having my my therapy sessions via Zoom. Whatever. You know. Right on. I'm okay. So, yeah. uh, based upon well, that, if you will, uh, yeah. I want to know what, if if you, if yeah. you allowed a, a sidebar to a shameless plug. That was what I was doing. Plug. I was segueing uh, to uh, for, yeah. for for anybody who's looking for more to listen to, or anybody who's reached out to Brando and said, "Hey, what happened to us?" or whatever else. I do have my own music based podcast now. We're twenty coming up on twenty episodes in, so we're just babies. Still, and we just now started to book some interviews, which is fun for us. Cool. Uh, ju just two weeks ago, we talked to a garage band from the southern desert of Israel, which Ooh. was am amazing. You know, like that's that's awesome for, that for us. And then, sure. Uh, we have uh, an interview coming soon with the lead singer and guitar player for the Nixons, who I used to love in the 90s, and they have a new EP out and whatnot. So anyways, the, the podcast is called the Infectious Groove Podcast. We're all over social media, and you can find us on all the major platforms. And so if anybody, um, you know, don't I do not want to sound like I'm self-flattering here, but if anybody is missing me and wants to know, <laughs> you know, or if you need more to listen to, to consume during this whole crazy time that's going on, by all means, look us up. Well, uh, I'm really glad that you're doing that because I think I said to you on the air because you do have a good radio voice and I'm glad you have a good yeah. setup. You have the the Rodecaster Pro. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I love this thing. It's the greatest piece of technology I've ever used. <laughs> I just can't believe as a radio professional, I've been putting off getting any sort of home equipment for years. As I'm like, I, always, I took for granted 
See, I took some. I admit it. I just took yeah. for granted of being able to go, always go into a studio. But now, as you mentioned, somebody from from Israel, and I'm talking to listeners and interviewing people from all over the world. Now, I don't always have to delegate it to business hours, so I can uh, I right. can do yep. interviews is, whenever I want, which is great. And that's one thing for me, being that we are babies now with our show. We, you know, it's very loose, very, you know, we, we can do what we want when we want to do it and so on. And because technology is so awesome, it didn't stop us at all. We didn't miss a week. You know, we were able to just hook up via um, Facebook or Skype or whatever and get things done. So that was cool for us, you know. I, I don't know about you because I, I just got this a few weeks ago. They were sold out everywhere. Everyone became yeah. a podcaster in the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, the actual device, the Roadcaster Pro, was really hard to come by. And then we switched over. We were using some low low end condensers, and we switched over to Rhodes Pod mics, and it was the same thing. They they were extremely hard to find as soon as the uh, uh, as soon as the pandemic hit. But with the with the show, and again, uh, hashtag shameless plug, uh, Infectious Groove Podcast. We are we try to keep everything positive, you know, like and we don't we. We don't like, let me just say this. My least favorite band in the history of all of music, going all the way back to the Psalms in the Bible, my least favorite music I've ever heard in my entire lifetime is the band Creed. And I just don't need to, like, I, really? I don't need to, but I don't need to talk about them though. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need to do a whole episode or series of episodes about how much I hate that band. They might mean the world to somebody else. Have you seen? So instead, I just want to talk up what I like and what somebody turned me on to or something a band did that I, thought was awesome or, you know, that's the type of things we try to talk about, how, you know, how we never discussed this. You've never seen me tweet my support of Creed. <laughs> no, I, I swear I haven't. I, I was actually hanging out with uh Bumblefoot one time and he told me this whole story that is not my business to relay, but it was about when he was in art of anarchy with um, Scott Stapp. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and we were in mid discussion and I said, he, 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 Ron had said some things and I said, uh, wow, I find that hard to believe. And Ron said, he sat right in that chair. He pointed at the chair I was sitting in. He goes, he sat right in that chair and, and, and this happened. And I literally got up and kicked the chair backwards. And I was like, you had me sitting in a chair that Scott Stapp oh was in my, the whole time? That's you so know, funny. I'm totally joking. I've heard great things about Scott Stapp since and so on and whatever. I, and again, I don't, whatever. I just, I, it's my least favorite music. Well, but, right. but I don't need to use my platform to crap on that because <laughs> somebody else might love it. You know, and this this is an example of how two people can have a different opinion, and it's okay, because yep. I I said before, <laughs> who said this? Uh, who tweeted it? It might have been Matt Wake who said this to me. He's like again with the Creed, uh, I, <laughs> dude. I miss Creed. I I was uh, I think Human Clay was a great record. I want to get Scott Stapp on the show. Uh, I I did see them in concert. Uh, Alice in Chains opened. Uh, it wasn't Alice in Chains. Sorry, it was Jerry Cantrell. Uh, solo yeah. actually opened for them, but I like I, I get saw it. him open. I saw him open for Nickelback once. That's funny. And I've it's seen like those it. two bands get uh, <laughs> pigeonholed together a lot. I know that. And what's funny is I like Nickelback's okay. I li yeah. I like Creed, and there are strong. It's not like they're they're not my Guns N' Roses. There are songs I don't like. Whatever. Sure. But uh, with Nickelback, I remember they came to my college, uh, Hofstra. This was soon after How You Remind Me came out, and sure. they play they played our. I don't know, lunch cafeteria called Kate and Willie's over there. <laughs> and it was great. It was, uh, it was, it was the Canadian tour, I guess. It, uh, well, no, no, it was, it was default. Who was also Canadian. Do you know that's you oh, that yeah, song? Yeah, uh, wasting my time and saliva. Oh, nice. And I remember the guitarist from saliva after they, they finished their set and they can tell that the, whatever college girls up front wanted to fuck them. So he, <laughs> he just walks up up front and starts making out with one of them. Just like well, right sure, there. yeah. So I'm sure that was a. I always my my big takeaway from Saliva was, uh, and that their their lead singer's name escapes me right now, but Josie he, uh, Scott. Josie. Yes, he is Fuck like an enormous know. Elvis fan, and I'm I'm a huge Elvis fan, and oh, he's, he's from a big Tennessee. Elvis fan. That's of, why, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So the two of us, uh, the two of us, like I've never met him, but that's I've always ever since I've known that I've been like, oh yeah, that, then that's an okay dude, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I but love yeah, but, but my point of bringing Creed up though was like I've never even I barely mentioned that on my show, and when I do, that's it's fine. jokingly because <laughs> I just don't need to, you know, like there's too much out there on the internet already that's right. just right. I so, hate this, or you know, like I see other, I literally see other shows that are titled like um. Uh, the overrated this or the over like what what's uh, the matter with underrated? No, that, you know what I mean. Like, that, there's enough about, of that. There's enough of that clickbait, yeah. negative 
stuff. And I, 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 I'm more or less, I try to be the same way here on this podcast on the social media. And I know people do appreciate sure. that. Um, yep. You know, I'll have opinions, but I really, I'm understanding of like, okay, you know, maybe this isn't your favorite song. Or th- maybe this isn't your favorite album or a uh, Guns N' Roses decision like the, the 13 minutes uh, of, of music compared to every goddamn fucking Wednesday where I'm forced to watch two and a half hours of Dave Matthews band because they keep putting every dude, Dave Matthews. It's like slash does everything. Dave Matthews is on everything. It is insane. Oh, yeah. The amount he gives his fans. So living, you know, my girlfriend who is, that's her Axel, that's her GNR and seeing what they do for their fans. Yeah, I get frustrated, but at the same time, I just sit back. I'm like, this is just a fucking band. Look at all the shit that's out there in the world. It's so much worse. I focus on yep. the good stuff, and I really just try not to go down too down the well. That negative. was part of the thing with starting my own show is I talk so much to all of my friends all the time about so many different genres and new artists and all these records. By like, I'm I'm looking at my record collection from here, and I can see like several Prince albums that most people don't know, and I'm always talking to people about that. And people kept telling me like, you should get a platform and, and talk about this stuff and turn more people on to it. So. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's what I'm doing. Uh, it's, it's what, what a world we live in. No, you, uh, I will say, I believe you have a natural ability for it, but in, right in today's world, it's like, it's the equivalent to what people used to say. You're funny. You should do stand up. <laughs> it's like yeah. not everyone could do it. You know, I, right. I, I'm, you know, I've been doing this professionally since 2001 and uh, I'm still learning every day. And it's not, oh, ju- it's not just talking. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes I have to learn when to, when to shut up and transition. So with all that, <laughs> uh, I want, as we talk about saliva and all these other random bands, uh, Michael Jackson was why we're here and we're focusing on that positive conversation. Sure. So again, I was yes. surprised with the amount of people and nothing was specified uh, on, you know, AFD show on Facebook or, or Twitter where it said, because of who he is or nothing was like that. There were some people who just didn't like his music and I didn't know that was possible. Me what, either. Uh, is there anything you could tell us as far as like Michael's rock background, like why he, he think he gravitated towards that than just being like a, a just like a, a, a pop singer, why he gravitated? Well, you have to remember that he saw firsthand a lot of the creation of the aggressive sound that would that Motown grew into in the early 70s you know when him and his brothers came up with the Jackson 5 this cat would be sitting around the studio while Marvin Gaye was getting into his more political and you know Michael was hanging around the studio when Stevie Wonder was putting out his masterworks in the 70s you know talking book and um, music of my mind and uh, inner visions and all that and all of that has a very rock swing to it I mean look at how many rock acts have covered superstition alone sure right that's a good point so I think a lot of that had to do with it and then I also now all this is my personal opinion but I think a lot of it too came from just the wild way the seventies ended man, where everybody was hanging out with everybody. If you look there's pictures of, from studio 54 of Michael hanging out with Bowie and Jagger and all these cats, you know, and uh, he uh, w- w- hung around queen for a little bit. So, you know, he probably heard all of that and was absorbing it the same way he had been yeah. since he was a child. You yeah. know, and he probably said, all right, well, and, and beat it is definitely the first track where he was like, all right, let me just dip my toe in the rock water here and see, how that goes. And then bad is like wildly more aggressive rock wise than, than beat it and thriller there. Or I'm sorry, dangerous there again. And you mentioned before that you probably heard beat it before you heard any Van Halen, right? Yep. Yep. So I know for a fact that it, I, I can probably say, I know for a fact for myself as well, because I used to watch as a child, uh, it was a cassette. It was a uh, Alvin and the chipmunks. It was some sort of, you know, it was like a musical adventure. And yeah. they were, you know, Alvin's in the, uh, the, the smooth criminal video and he's, <laughs> you know, dancing around getting kicked by Michael Jackson's foot. I think they did, uh, an Elton John one. So it's, it was, I, I guess remember that video all these years later, I, I still remember that, that video. And it's funny how vividly I still remember it, uh, is because, uh, recently we lost little Richard, you know, the architect yeah. of rock and roll. And sure. I remember that he was in that video. So I, luckily enough, he was on YouTube. So I, I, uh, you know, got a little, what's it? Nostalgia, uh, drug, uh, fix right there. Just watching sure. Alvin and the chipmunks. Is a side note, same thing. Little, everything little Richard was doing in the seventies, everything Elton John was doing, um, Zeppelin, uh, Sabbath, you know, Michael was taking all that in, you know, it wasn't, I mean, just cause he was on, 
you know, Saturday morning cartoons with the Jackson five or on the Ed Sullivan show or whatever, doing like their pop stuff. He was taking all that in still. So it doesn't, it did, it doesn't surprise me that, uh, it, it, the rock side of it escalated so fast in his own music, what you do know, you the, think, the more aggressive side. What do you think Slash's attraction was? I mean, because he, yes, we joke, he plays with everybody, but it seemed like, you know, the, the, again, it wasn't just uh, studio work. He performed with him live. It seemed like there was yeah. something there. I mean, my answer to that would be if you're Slash and you get the call to go play with inarguably the world's greatest superstar at the top of his game, what do you say? I want to, you know? I wish, um, has Slash spoken about the infancy of, of how that happened? Do we know? I don't. I, I Right now, uh, all GNR and Michael Jackson fans listening to this are going to rage because neither, neither me nor you know that. Yeah. But uh, I, don't, I don't believe so. Um, and, and I would imagine a certain amount of the um, African-American connection is there as well. I would, I would sure. have to assume that. Uh, I, I, so what have they done? Like, what do you remember other than give in to me that video, which I, was, I watched the other day and I forgot that Gilby's there. Teddy, oh yeah, Teddy Zigzag is there. Yeah, it's it's damn near Michael Jackson fronting the uh, Use Your Illusion lineup. Right, right. It, it yeah. wasn't was was Matt Sorum. I don't think he was on it. Or I've it? heard. I've had people tell me that Sorum played some of the percussion on the cut, but he's not in the video. Okay, and he certainly I have it on LP, and he's not credited on the record, so I. I don't know, but I have, I have people who, and you'll see, I'm using Dr. Evil quotes who are in the know who say that Sorum played percussion on the cut, but he's credited nowhere. Okay. So now I do know, um, I'm only going to state fact. I know Mike, uh, slash also played on, um, there's a cut on history called, um, DS, which is fantastic slash played on that. Um, he played a little bit on a song called money, which is also, well, I, I should sidebar and say, not the hits portion, but the new album portion. History is my favorite Michael Jackson album. Um, so that's why I keep praising all these songs. And Slash also played on They Don't Care About Us, which has been all over social media this past several days for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, the one misnomer is people are wildly under the impression that Slash played anything on Black or White, and he absolutely did not. The only part that of that at all is in the video, not even the, the um, album version of the song, but in the video where McCullough Culkin's got his guitar and, and he George Wentz is, is uh, hits the, chord, the father. That chord that he hits that causes George Wentz to go flying out of the, the house. Yeah. That's that slash. That <laughs> chord. But the the when you when you drop the needle on the song and it's got it sounds like it's coming from an old radio and whatever that's not Slash it's not him on the main riff he doesn't play the solo in that song and people for whatever reason as soon as Michael Jackson and Slash come up everyone thinks that Slash played on Black and White and he didn't play a note on it because they've done that song live together well for sure and I for think sure. that's yeah. probably where the misconception <laughs> and it's funny because you can obviously tell anybody who's ever worked in sound you can tell that Slash is miming for 90% of that and you can absolutely hear the moment where they uh, turn Slash's feed live because Slash's tone is completely different than what's on that song you know oh okay yeah so if you go back and watch any performance you'll be like you know, you'd be like, wow, that sounds suspiciously exactly like the record, that guitar. And then you'll notice the moment they switch over. For oh, wow. That's so weird. Yeah. Wow. But, uh, but having said that, skipping off of the song he's not on, I just wanted to mention that because everybody thinks that. Uh, uh, DS is a great track with Slash cuts and, and they don't care about it. Nobody ever mentions that one as far as being connected to Slash. You're right. Um, you and should again, tweet that. I would imagine, I would imagine he would absolutely want to be involved in that song there again, due to Slash's, you know, African-American descent, I would assume he would absolutely stand behind the, the uh, message of that song. Oh, of course. He, they all said something, you know, Axel has been very vocal on Twitter. Uh, have you, I know you say you don't really follow them, but are you aware of uh, I, what he's been saying lately? For the first time today, I stopped by the main section of, uh, of uh, my GNR and I saw in the social media thing and I'm not trying to be a jerk here, but I saw Axel put together something that I couldn't even understand what he was trying to say. <laughs> it was, it was a lot of URs and ends. And so I couldn't even, t I honestly, I read it three times and I was like, I don't, I don't know what he's trying to say. So, so yeah, we're not going to get, I'm going to read it. Cause as we're recording this portion of the podcast, it is, I can't believe it's June 1st. Holy shit. I know. Isn't it crazy? I know. So this is what Axel tweeted. And, What's beautiful is that he still does this. And I, I believe uh, comedians like John Oliver and uh, Stephen Colbert, when Axel has tweeted stuff in the past, 
you know, like, uh, like anti-Trump, they have praised his use, uh, his, uh, his sticking to brand where he, instead of saying, and he does the end apostrophe. And yeah. Yeah. I think I saw that. And it makes it, fun. you know, weird at first. So he tweeted this, uh, at 1am, uh, June 1st. So today, uh, lame street, lame stream media isn't doing anything with, within their power to foment hatred and anarchy. Hatred and anarchy would be a good album name, by the way. Um, hatred, yeah. hatred and anarchy. That's you. And so, you know, he's, it's directed at Trump. Uh, as sure. long as uh, we get what you're doing, that's your fake news in a truly bad, repulsive excuse for a person with a sick agenda. We can work past uh, you with whatever it takes to, to a uh, better, stronger future. So, uh, so yeah. My only thoughts on Axel on social media, and I said this at least a year ago on the forum, is I have zero issue with, with W. Axel Rose expressing his opinion if whether i agree with it or not he's a human being on this planet he's a citizen he can say whatever he wants right here's my problem i can say all that stuff on twitter and it has the same effect really on anything as axel saying it like i don't have the platform axel does how about and this is a crazy idea you write some songs and put them out and then you know more people will hear that message like let's you know what i mean like let's get that back you I, know and i hate to belabor that point because i truly like you said dude i'm looking at all my records right now gnr not putting out a record means so little to me in the grand scheme of things but those type of things frustrate me like dude you have a platform if they if gnr dropped a single tomorrow with anywhere near something like that as lyrics it would go ballistic. So I, I tweeted that actually, and this is relates to everything. So Duff, he, he came out with his version of what we want, you know, or whether you support him or not, he took the opportunity to spread his message via the album Tenderness. Uh, right. And Al, and Slash, he, he, just, he posted a picture um, uh, on Instagram. And so, I mean, he's very subtle with like his response, but he, you know, they all are in agreement. So, uh, Whatever, I don't need to. I don't need to quote my own tweet. So anyway, I, I said I tweeted. <laughs> I tweeted to Axel like he'll ever respond. It, although he did respond to Steve Mnuchin. He so, liked the tweet of mine once, like ten years ago. I was super excited about that. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god wow, you should have that framed somewhere was, in your room. Well, because he quoted, and no one would know this. Like only a hardcore fan would know this. He quoted the bridge from one of my all-time favorite Roger Waters solo songs. It's a song called "Watching TV" on. Uh, Roger Waters album amused to death and with no context whatsoever, Axel just tweeted the, uh, the bridge to the song. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, Holy shit. It's Axel Rose saying the lyrics to one of my favorite Roger Waters songs. And I replied something like, uh, Holy shit. That's one of my favorite Roger songs. Like what a writer or something. And Axel liked it like three hours later. And I thought it was the greatest thing that happened <laughs> that day. You should have that framed on the wall behind you. Yeah, I should. you should. I have my Roger Waters autograph framed on the other wall. I should put that Axel tweet right next to it, or the Axel like right next to it. So I tweeted at Axel because he'll respond. Uh, imagine if they did a 2020 version of Get in the Ring. Yeah. Instead of Bob Guccione Jr., it would be Donald Trump Jr. I mean, sure. it's it's there. So you're right. I I'm with you there. I do do something yeah. as easy as take GNR in the studio and cut uh, a a cover of um, for what it's worth. Yeah. By Buffalo Springfield. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, dude, uh -huh. do something, dude. Like, and this goes for all of us. I know. Sitting on the couch sharing memes and tweeting <laughs> is not helping. Anything. Do something positive. I, I know. You know? I, I, I laugh at that. I That's why I really don't, um, you know, I have my opinions, but I barely even care about my own opinions. So that's not what yeah. this show is. <laughs> well, and my I thing with Axel was what one of the things that drew me to him when I was a kid, and we're talking, you know, 89, 90, 91, 92, was good, bad, or indifferent. That dude was walking the walk. You know, like he said, this is how he was going to do his business. And then he did. And if you didn't like that he was showing up late, then don't fucking come. And if you didn't like that, you know, the Use Your Illusion albums took a little longer then fucking don't buy them when they come out. And you know, if you don't like what we're saying on the record, then don't buy them. He at least walked the walk then like this guy now sitting on the couch, just talking. I don't care any more about Axel's opinion on Twitter than I do a 13 year old girls yeah. because they're both going to have the same impact. He's on the just world, tweeting. And I, I do like uh, the McKagan. I don't know what uh, Axel does as far as charity work, but I know the McKagan's do uh slash always seems to be very positive and he's out. He is out there. He put, is he putting out new music? 
you know, uh, so yeah, he's and, yeah, that's a fair point. He, we he's heard tangible. that about Axel um, chipping in when there were fires in Malibu. Okay, you know, so who knows? I mean, they're like here in Detroit, Eminem, Jack White, and um, Kid Rock, one of the three, uh, two of the three, I'm a fan of, uh, are constantly doing philanthropy around in and around Detroit, but they're never, so it's, it's never in the paper or anything. Right. Um, actually Jack White saved a venue here in Michigan and tried very hard to do it on the down low and, you know, a newspaper doing their work investigated it and made it into a big story. And Jack White was more or less embarrassed was like, I, I wasn't doing this for the of attention. Course. So who knows? And what there are celebrities that, you know, donate for just the celebrity of it. There are those who yeah. like Steve Buscemi is all time, right? Didn't he, he, former firefighter, uh, and helped out, I think in nine 11 and it's the story came yeah. out later. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm jumbling the story somehow I'm pretty there. Sure but, you're right. So yeah, like, but he's like all time. That's how it, it should be. But yeah, sometimes you want to give the attention or, or shine the but attention on yourself because you want your, me, you want to set an example. The, the, Sorry, the fact God. that they have a platform is just the frustrating part for me. Like you, you have a built in platform where you could, and again, we just talked about this with technology, right? They, they could lay down a new track in 24 hours with today's technology. Well, here's what they did. They, they put out that weird T-shirt about COVID-45, right? Yep. And so- the, Your listeners can't see me rolling my eyes, but yeah. you shoot it. So they did that. And then they also put out another shirt for uh, the crew team, which goes to a charity for all the crew members. Which, which is, is cool. Which is great. But let me just say, and you know, I don't know if, because I know that shirt- uh, the proceeds went to the crew members. I don't know about the COVID one. Maybe, I, I'm assuming. I heard they, whether or not it was on there in the first place, they, it now says that the proceeds from that one do go to COVID Good. victims. So. so I'm not going to be negative there. I, I just would never wear a shirt that says COVID. Like, no, why would I yeah. want to wear that shirt that says COVID? You know, that's, that can be taken wrong about 20 different ways with the fact that it says live and let die. No, what am I going to wear? Like an AIDS jersey next? Like, you just, that's, and I, it's, before your listeners are like, oh, Russ doesn't understand. No, I get it. The 45 part, I get that he's saying that Trump is letting people die. But Oh, yeah, it was very confusing all, uh, for the yeah, international yeah, it's, fans. It's, I shouldn't have to explain your shirt, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, those, those are Paul McCartney's words, not even Axel's. Anyways, right. so, yeah. uh, you know, it, but anyways, in, in trying to keep it positive, that, that like things like that, like that's why I don't follow Axel on uh, social media anymore because I just don't want to. I don't want to see that and get frustrated by it, you know, by the, like my, what, what I think he could be doing when I don't know what he is doing. So that's why I, he'll say, then don't, then don't follow me, you know, and right, you're cool exactly. with that. Yep. So that's, that's fine. That's, that's totally fine. You know, I don't, I don't get upset with him about that. I wouldn't get upset with Ted Nugent if, you know, he wants to tweet or go on Fox. It's, it's the stuff. It's like when he brings it to his show, I, that's why well, I don't want to go Ted Nugent to run his mouth. <laughs> I don't want to see. I've passed up on free tickets because I know it's not just going to be me rocking out to Stranglehold and Cat Scratch Fever. It's going to be some sort of uh, soapboxing. And you know what? Would yeah. I go there if I knew Axel was going to do that? I don't know. Even if it's maybe more towards my beliefs. Uh, it, it's not a shut up and sing thing. It's just, it's a time and place. And we can go sure. there because we could talk about, you know, I know this is a trigger for the Kaepernick NFL thing, but it's a time and place and every example has its own variable. So, if Axel wants to exp express his opinion, time and place on Twitter, sure. And a callback, all that stuff that happens on my GNR forum when it gets really deep, is it really the time and place to be talking about you know religious beliefs and, pol yeah. and political beliefs on a Guns N' Roses fan forum? Well, <laughs> and that's where it gets – it used to get sticky at some points because for years Axel was silent on social media, right? So we were all – we were able to keep everything you know, pretty siloed. And then all of a sudden Axel starts tweeting about politics and stuff. And we're like, oh crap, the, you know, the social media threads going nuts because the guy we're all here to discuss said this thing about politics. So how are you supposed to discuss that person's social media right. without talking about what they just said? So, and I've come across that short sure, cause you want to bring attention to it because it is news. It is, you know, the, the subject you're covering is talking about something. So I really do. And I know you did your best. Uh, to go into it very neutral as possible, you know, and I, I, I try to support people in, in liking their comments on both sides of the aisle. Yeah. 
It's yep. just um, interesting because I know that that's are, all yeah. I ever really tried to do at, at my GNR was create a neutral place. You know, where if you don't like what's going on here uh, with with whatever GNR is up to at the moment, you're you're free to voice that. If you don't, if you love what's happening with GNR, you're free to voice that. But and the the part where I really ran into a wall was there were so many people that I would explain I would explain it to them this way: if you disagree with another poster, then make your points and say, Hey, Hey man, I disagree with you. And here's why, what you can't do is go, well, you're ignorant or stupid or, you know, a racial slur, uh, because I think this, that, and the other thing. And I would literally run into a wall with people that were like, well, that's not fair. I should be able to say what I want to say. Um, No, no, no. you, you shouldn't. There's such a thing as hate and racism. And we're not going to allow those things like I I control this little corner of the internet and I'm not having it. Anger begets anger. And, it's it's something most people don't realize, and I can't help it to get uh, deep with it all. Uh, but I, I I know my listeners are smart. But that's what I've learned through therapy, and and believe it or not, uh, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the air. And this is just about talking to people, and if sure. you if you how you you present yourself and come off, and how you re- respond, uh, whether it's uh you know how they how they respond. Uh, I do so. It's, this podcast is technically my third job. So I have my regular radio job for iHeart Premier Radio Networks, and something I've actually been doing for ten years. Uh, maybe right on. Well, I'll, I'll happy there. anniversary, or, uh, or whatever well, date that falls on. Well, yeah, five years has been. I mean, uh, iHeart is five years. The uh, the second job I've had, I've been I'm doing for ten. You know that that uh, when you call like your credit card company or your cable company, and you hear that that recording that says this phone call may be monitored for quality yeah. assurance. I work for a company that does that. Oh, right on. So, so I've listened to. You know, uh, cable calls, um, you know, AAA flights, um, what about, uh, waste management between the the customer service rep and and the customer, and obviously those are, those can be really bad when your shit's not working. You know, <laughs> yep. when your your well, cable's not working. Well, you would you would know if you've ever heard my customer service calls because I always start mine like if I have to call customer service for any reason, I always tell the person who gets on the phone, uh, I say, all right, I'm going to start this by telling you that I'm not mad at you. I'm just mad at the situation. And then I I explain, you know, and then a lot of times when I find myself getting heated, I'll stop and be like, okay, again, I want to tell you, I'm not mad at you personally. Like I'm, you know, mad at the situation, but I'm sure you've heard far worse. Oh yeah. No, I I've, I've heard it all. And, uh, just between that, just me living my life and therapy. It's just, if, if you come off aggressive, Chances are you're going to get an, an aggressive response back, right? You know, mm-hmm. and, if, and if even if you're not coming off aggressive, and that's how they are, how do you choose to respond to that? So that's why, yeah, Axel has been famously known for just responding, but right. when he takes his time and you, he writes letters and stuff, he's so it's so well thought out, and I and even if I don't agree with it, like that Hall of Fame letter, it's just so well thought out, well written, and it's like I don't like what you said, but. All right. I, I, you know, I, my favorite thing I think that Axel's ever written um, letter wise, we're not talking lyrics wise, cause that's a whole other show. But um, when there was some, someone Rolling Stone or somebody had done the greatest singers of all time. And they listed as Axel's having the, the greatest yeah. range or being the greatest singer. And he really such a thoughtful statement being like, okay, first things first, like this is all subjective. And you know, I can think of three or four singers I would rather hear than myself and listed off people. I thought that was so yeah. res- humble and respectful instead of like allowing whomever runs GNR social media to be like, uh, you know, post the jungle video and be like, here are the greatest singer in the world. Like, I thought that was great that he just had a well thought out letter of like, hey, thanks. But, you know, listen to all these singers, too. Sure. No, I I, that was great. That's why and I and one of my other tweets at Axel, which I can't believe he didn't respond to. Uh, I should have. That's a- weird. <laughs> we, we, should, we should get on him about that. I need a, a sarcasm detector soundbite. I, I got to set this up. I find that, if, uh, in my experience, the best way to go about that is to fi- uh, have people hound Axel and tell him to do it, and then he'll get right on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so oh, I just completely lost my thought. But I, I'm sorry. You, oh no, 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 no! It's back! Again. It's back! It's back! Uh, <laughs> I want was another tweet that you sent him, and we were talking about the letter he wrote. Maybe that it's was back. It's back. Don't worry. Uh, so I, I want him to, if he's going to not make new music, and, which I don't believe, I believe that there will, there is, and there will be new music. I mean, well, not just because, uh, Susan said that she's heard it. 
it's just, that's the it, only reason I believe it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's why it went uh, completely viral <laughs> yeah. because that little throwaway comment uh, was uh, cementing something uh, when we will soon is the word we, we don't know. Uh, but I think if, if he's not going to, and he's obviously watching the news, he needs to go all in and, and use his intellect in that regard and not just in tweets, go, right. uh, go, uh, go, go on. <laughs> People might get mad at me for this. Go on CNN. Go on Fox sure. if you want, you know, go, yeah, go, go. Some of the most, some of the artists I admire most Prince did that. You know, you can go sure. on YouTube now and see a lot of stuff that nobody knows happened where Prince would go on and, and very clearly explain his views on. Sure. Go on Larry King. Was happening. Go on Larry King. Go on my show. As a matter of fact, you could come on either the infectious group podcast or appetite for distortion. I know of two platforms he could go on. I know. I know. Right. Hey, you, you take, uh, you miss a, a thousand percent of the shots you don't make. What was it? Right. Uh, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott, and that, uh, whatever. I think it was Michael I mean, Scott that said it, yeah, originally in Mike Wayne Gretzky court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been watching too much Office. That's what I do in my spare time. Watch Believe it like it or not, 20 times in a row. Of course, a total sidebar, but uh, I, for whatever reason, would never give that show a chance until about two years ago. And then I sat down one day and said, I'm just going to see what all the fuss is about. And now I've watched the whole series like seven times like everybody else. I love it. And there are... I think there's a couple of Guns N' Roses ties in there. I, I forgot about it. This was might have been the season finale when uh, Dwight and Angela got married. There was an orchestral version of Sweet Child of Mine playing in the background. Yep. And yeah, uh, I was more excited about the fact that they anyone associated with the show knew that Motley Crue had that song called Angela, and then Dwight <laughs> Dwight's such a huge Crue fan, which is referenced a couple of times throughout the show. Yeah, so. I never expected that in, in the final episode for them to be playing that crew song because it's such a little-known song. It's like a throw-off track on their first Greatest Hits album. And a and, uh, former guest of the show, uh, one-time auditioner for... Um, I'm, I'm trying to word this too uh, too cleverly and I'm failing. Uh, Mina Mina Caputo for, of A Life of Agony who put in a tape mm. for Belt Revolver. Uh, a Life of Agony. Uh, I remember when Dwight was listening to that uh, in, yeah. uh, in the car when he was taking Ryan out on a sales call. Uh, well, I, but I, uh, I, I digress. Although I, before I forget, I want to mention, cause I, I want to get, you know, not just music people because uh, I, I don't, uh, on the podcast, but like actors and people who are, uh, tied to GNR in some way or another, but in parks and rec, they made a couple of Axel, at least one Axel reference. When they had like yeah, celebrity, that's one local- show I still can't get into. I tried that a couple of times and can't get into it. But I've heard that the people have told me like they reference GNR. Like like I'm going to be like, oh well, then I'm going to love the whole series. <laughs> <laughs> of course you not. Know? No, of course not. Yeah. Uh, it just because I had to get that thought out since we were, I, I diverted to the office. Anyway, yeah, there's been more yeah. than a few actually. Uh, so I met your mother. It made um, or so I met your mother. How I met your mother made several GNR jokes over the years, and they actually uh, made a direct reference to Chinese democracy in one of their episodes as well. I need to find that, but it's funny because uh, everyone loves that show. That's a show I don't like. That's my creed. Yeah. I I didn't. I, I don't I didn't get it. It's like, like it people are like, oh, you're from New York. You should like it. I, I when hate- I first When I first met my wife, she loved that show, and I like watched it for her. You know what I mean? Like I was like, oh, okay, I'll watch this for you. You know, but of course when the Chinese democracy reference came out, everyone I've ever met in my life sent me a text or a call and was like, hey, they made a joke about Chinese democracy on, you know, the show last night. So I watched a clip on YouTube. I got to find that. But every character on there, I guess I I hate every character on that show. If I remember right, it's an easy target joke. It's like uh, they're talking about old things are always better than new things. And uh the one of the characters says to the other that uh, GNR is a perfect example because nobody ever wants to hear Chinese democracy. Like the old stuff is always better or whatever. It's, it's something along. So yeah, it's like it's super easy target joke. Yeah, great, awesome. Well, no, which now, is horseshit because that's my favorite GNR record. So. <laughs> well, hopefully we get uh, Guns N' Roses or Chinese Democracy too. I mean, there, something is happening. I don't know when. I really hope um, they're doing something in quarantine. I'm hoping this is a uh, you know, obviously the whole thing is terrible. There's really the technologies there, but, man. Like literally every excuse is gone there. You know, in this quarantine, every other artist that I know of is doing live shows of some sort still is putting out new music. A Bumblefoot this Friday is putting out his second record that he's put out since the quarantine. Wow. You know, 
So oh, oh geez. Well, let's uh, let's tie a bow in it by putting it this way. Let's really hope that Axel does a you know a quarantine live performance of uh, and Guns N' Roses do it of, of Heal the World. Let's how about that? Yeah, that'd be fine with me. But I, I will. I, let <laughs> me let me close on, on this on this statement. If you're a GNR fan and you've never listened to Give In to Me, and for whatever reason you just don't like Michael Jackson, start the, go to Spotify or however you get your music. Look up the song Give In to Me by Michael Jackson. Start it at the halfway point if you have to, and just <laughs> let Slash wash over you for the rest of that because his entire solo all the way for the, for the entirety of the rest of the song is just magic. It's, it, it's incredible. If you're a Slash fan and you, for whatever reason, haven't heard given to me in my opinion you're doing yourself a great disservice agreed you know uh as i established slash or not i'm a fan of the the man's catalog and i wish that they they did more but we at least have youtube to watch their their old performances but yeah because some bands let you do that sing yeah <laughs> <laughs> well they have some stuff on there okay never mind <laughs> <laughs> well played well played <laughs> sir uh, I love it. So, uh, where can we we find you, uh, Russ TCB? For uh, I, my username has been the same since the beginning of the internet. Uh, so, if anybody's ever looking for me anywhere, it's always just Russ TCB. If you, if anybody is even remotely interested in the show, we're on literally, all, you know, you know this iHeart, uh, uh, Google Podcast, Stitcher, all that, whatever. Um, you can find us on Facebook, um, Twitter, and Instagram. All you got to do, if you're looking for us on streaming, if you're looking for us on social media, type in Infectious Groove Podcast. And trust me when I tell you, uh, we'll come up. We're launching a full website, whatever service you want. And we've got 19 full episodes in the can and another six or seven bonus episodes we've done of just like debating album versus album Wow, look at that. Stuff. Okay. Yeah, so there, there's there's enough there for people to for people to check out if they're so in, inclined. All right, quarantine is the time for for podcast evergreens. Just crank them out yeah. now, man. <laughs> good, Absolutely, yeah. good for you. Well, I appreciate you coming back on. We'll do this again, of course. You know, anytime, brother. We'll, anytime, whether it's MJ, but we'll we'll talk Guns hey, of Roses if, in some form. If and we are, we have to say if about it for at least twenty year span. If GNR ever decides to put out a new record, you can come on my show and we'll we'll talk it up because my two co-hosts are not GNR fans at all. Oh wow! So they'll just they can just sit here quietly okay. <laughs> while while the big boys talk about GNR. So I'll be on your podcast soon. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as the word. There you go. Either soon or not in this lifetime. Take your pick. Exactly. Awesome, Ross. Thanks so much. You're welcome, brother. So that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. Thanks again for hanging out, whether you listen via iHeartRadio or Spreaker, or Stitcher, anywhere you listen to podcasts. You found us on Q104.3 in New York. Uh, we're up on their website, alternativenation.net. We're up on their website. We're also uh, featured uh, now on Golden Robot Records, their website. We, we've interviewed uh, so many of their artists, Gilby Clark, Frank Farrar. Uh, there's so many different Dizzy Reed for you know Hookers and Blow with Alex Grossi. So we have not just the audio, but the video versions of the, the Golden Robot uh, specific episodes up on goldenrobotrecords.com uh, on their website. So uh, thanks to, to Mark for, for doing that. Very, very cool. And we'll be hearing more from Mark uh, from Golden Robot coming up. He's, he's been a great co-host. I love it. We work well together, even though we're on opposite sides of the world. And that's how this is. Uh, this works. This podcast connects everybody through Guns N' Roses. And that means you as well. And I pointed as I said that, even though you couldn't see it. So anyway, until next time, follow on social media for guest updates. And I will talk to you then. So when will you see the next episode? Well, the words of Axl Rose concerning Chinese democracy. I don't know if soon is the word, but you'll see it. I'm going home.